Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton and J.P. Plant. Back at you from Columbia. Although, like I told you, Mo, the show looked really good last week. You, you, and then your, uh, your, your contraption came in the mail. Yeah, they both did. They were here last week. I think they came either over the weekend or first thing Monday morning, mine and JP's contraptions. So now we should we should be in good shape now. Should be fun. Um looking forward to talking a little College World Series through the rest of this first half because Auburn and Stanford currently playing right now. Auburn who fell earlier this weekend to Ole Miss five to one. They're in an elimination game right now, trailing Stanford two nothing. Ole Miss set to play later this evening, Mo, and along with Ole Miss and that Rebels team who is pretty hot right now, will be a former Columbia State standout, and that's exciting because we don't have a whole lot of direct connections to the college world series and this is one and to talk about it we have columbia state head baseball coach mike corn coach thanks for taking some time with us how are you hey man hey no, no problem Hey, appreciate you having me on and uh, anytime you get to talk get to talk about uh, local players moving on and playing in the big time so to speak uh it's it's fun and you guys do a great job and appreciate what you do well, we appreciate you taking some time with us, Mike, like we said. Um, and, yeah, we these kids come through here, and typically they're, they're not here for very long. In your case, maybe this last few years you've had them around a little longer than usual. But um, Brendan Johnson came through here, and I think part of the time he was here was, was COVID-related, so we didn't get a whole lot of chance to necessarily see him. But he did – I do recall him winning a – NJCAA National Pitcher of the Week award one week while he was here, and then um, you know, next thing you know, he's pitching in the SEC at Ole Miss, and currently is pretty well entrenched as Ole Miss's closer. Eleven saves, um, eleven of their seventeen saves on the season. So clearly, the leader in the back end of that bullpen. Twenty-two appearances on the year, which is a team high. Um, it's got to be fun for you and and your assistants to to see a guy that you worked with on this big stage like this. Yeah, Mo, absolutely. You know, I'm so happy for the young man. He was, uh, and you hear coaches speak to this, but he was just one of those young men who who really got after it. Uh, his work ethic was second to none on the on the pitching side, you, you see position players these days that have that everyday mentality that they stay what we call checked in and, and pitchers sometimes the way they're conditioned coming up with so many young men being pitcher, what we call POs or mm-hmm. pitcher only, uh, and their, their guns for hire and summer ball, they pitch for this team on this weekend and that team for another weekend. And, and sometimes they're conditioned to be part-time players. And Brandon just wasn't one of those guys. I mean, he was just a – he brought it every day and had a tremendous work ethic and was out of the bullpen for us his first year. Um, 
had a nice arm and in that second COVID year, shortened year, he was really going to be our ace. So to see him um, uh, transform into a back-end guy, which that's his mentality. He's a high-energy, uh, anyone seen that young man pitch, he's a fist-pumping, let's-go type of guy. But his, his energy level fits that role, and glad to see him having success for the Rebels. So, so you're not surprised to see him in that closer role then? No, no, not, not at all. Uh, and it's a, a closer role sometimes is more about mentality than it is stuff. And uh, just having that confidence to pitch in those tight games and in those situations with the game on the line, uh, that, that comes down to mentality and heart, uh, uh, intestinal fortitude, whatever word you want to attach to it. But he, he had it, and he was a competitor, a true competitor, and, and I, I can see why he's doing well. 66 strikeouts in 39 and two-thirds. That 66 is third most on that staff. And, again, the most out of out of the relief core for Ole Miss, which plays Arkansas at seven tonight, um, a matchup that I'd imagine they're familiar with. I, I would assume that they played earlier this they year as, as SEC West rivals. Arkansas won two of three. Okay. Um, did not see Brandon – Saturday night in that 5-1 win over Auburn. Were you watching? Are you trying to keep up? Are you carving out time for, for this, Mike? Or how does that go as as a former coach? Yeah, well, Mo, usually what we do is, is we try to um, – during the regular season, we'd have them pulled up here in the locker room on that um, whatever app or whatever those guys have. I don't know. It's just on the television. You know, those, those, those young guys know how to – to get all that and whatever ESPN subscription that I'm paying for, we, we watch it. It has all those games on. So we have a chance to watch. We watch. And then a lot of times we follow on the game, the game changer. And, and if Brandon does come into pitch, we'll all be pulling it up. So it, it is good. And several of our young men were in division one um, uh, competing at that level this year. We, uh, Mitch Smith is an all conference guy over there at UNC Greensboro. And, and, you know, there, there's, it was, it's just fun for us to watch these young men. And that's one of the joys of coaching junior college baseball because you really get to see whether they're playing down at UT Southern or Trevecca or Ole Miss, you get to see these guys go on and play two more years at least. And uh, we're sometimes at that four-year level, that's only a very few of them get to go on. And and I guess, Mike, when, when they're at this big stage at Omaha, you guys have Will Dalton down there with Florida or over there with Florida back in 2018, I would imagine mm-hmm. that's got to be, you know, obviously it's, it's the peak of college baseball and to have one of your guys there specifically, it's got to be a pretty big deal. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, um, that's, that's why we do this is to see these young men move on and, um, reach some of the dreams. I, I think, Every young young man or woman that that play that um, that spend or invest their time into athletics, you know, they have these dreams of playing in in, in certain arenas or certain tournaments. And and for us, us baseball guys, us collegiate baseball guys, Omaha is, is the pinnacle. Even though here in junior college we play in Grand Junction, and in my mind that's big. But Omaha, when you say Omaha. Most most sports fans know what you're talking about, and to have Brandon out there and competing after really having a 
a rough um, you know, a rough year as a team uh, in in kind of the big picture. Uh, and you guys know this, and maybe we've already debated this. Ole Miss was one of the first four or five teams out on most people's bracket going into the regional, and uh, and let them in there, and you know now they are. So here they are. Um, uh, have a big uh, big mountain to climb this afternoon, but uh, uh, here they are having a chance to play in Omaha. Columbia State baseball coach Mike Corn joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coach, you know. At, Mo mentioned Will Dalton and now Brandon Johnson. And is this is there a way for for you as a recruiter to leverage the fact that you've got guys who have been to the pinnacle of college baseball and, and use that to you know help get some big time guys to your campus and say, look, you can go JUCO, you, know, you don't have to go D one. Right, right. Well, of, of course, you use those types of things. Uh, in, in the recruiting process, I think everyone does. Uh, your player success, and, and most programs will have a, have a sheet or some type of um, slideshow that will, will highlight these young men who went on. You know, we still have Riley Delgado playing double-A in the Braves organization. And at one time there in the Southern League, he, he had 15-game hitting streak or something. He was the longest hitting streak in the – um, in the league up to that point. And, and you, you talk about these things and, um, we, we can, we can compare players to, to those guys who have been on and been really successful. And, uh, it's, it's not something that I put on a billboard and, and flashing lights around it. But, you know, I say, Hey man, you know, you, this is, this is, this is the skill set that you have. You remind me of this guy and, and it's not a dog and pony show or used car. It's, I say it and I mean it, or we say it and we mean it. And, um, but it, it's good to have those things to talk about success, uh, breed success in a, in a lot of uh, organizations or a lot of uh, arenas in this in this life of ours. Mike, you mentioned well, Chris mentioned recruiting. We um, we spoke with you a couple of summers ago in the midst of the pandemic at a, at its peak, I guess, and some things were going on as far as eligibility and that kind of thing that kind of created. A little bit of a of a log jam, a little bit of a bottleneck in terms of kids getting to levels and and staying there, not necessarily coming out. Are you seeing that lesson, or is that still a concern in terms of trying to bring younger guys in when guys aren't necessarily going out? It is. I I think we're going to have one more year of it. One more year of of the log jam. Uh, I do think I see some light at the end of the tunnel uh, and it's because several things and not all of them are good. Sometimes uh, these first year guys or second year guys do can find a place to move on. Uh, but some young men are just quitting. I mean, some, I think some of those average players maybe are not finding a place to get in the mix. And so you, you have a, a few less young men coming out of high school deciding to play, or if you look at it from the other side, a few more, um, you know, just not able to make it, whether they decided to or not. But um, so that lessened the, the, the numbers coming in just a bit. But one more year, Mo, I think will be it. And then we'll get back to more some, a more normal flow of, um, 
of recruiting. But then you have the NCAA free-for-all transfer portal, which is a whole conversation for a whole other day that's, that's also keeping that water turbulent with with players 50, 60, 70, 100 a day just saying, well, hey, I'm going somewhere else. So there, there's a ton of movement, and um, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different time of recruiting for sure. Any, any NIL deals out on Casey Lane, Mike? <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, so some of the things I'm hearing, Mo, are scaring me. Um, and uh, you're looking at a scenario, even I heard of a, one of the schools here in our state dropping a pretty big number on a, on a young man. And um, I, I, I think – I think it's going to be one of those things. We want what's best for the kids. And you can argue their amateurism, uh, it, all, all you want. There's, there's good, good and bad for both. But I'm just not sure there's enough vision um, in, in, I'm not going to say the NCAA, but when all this started going down, I'm not sure we could see all the pitfalls and all the challenges that it's going to create. But when you can use your 11.7, to scholarship your players and then use your pot of 750,000 for your NIL money for your, your better players. Um, it's, it's, it's a different animal. It's a different animal. Uh, you know, I was thinking about that earlier and I, I thought, I, I'm not sure how, how it can work at the junior college level, but there certainly are ways to make it happen. And if there are, there are, if there's somebody out there who really supports a junior college program, it, who knows? Uh, it's you, you, it's you're right there. That that's what it would take. It's not going to come from the schools sure. like where your bigger universities. And even when you're looking at some of your smaller, say your mid-major D ones, it's going to come from a donor. They're, they're going to be able to to fund that athletic program privately to allow that NLI money to to be distributed. And I don't know all the ins and outs of, of how or where the money can come from, but um, the smaller schools aren't going to be able to generate it from enrollment or uh, from ticket sales or things like that. So if, if you find a, a smaller school that, that can do it, uh, that they, they would certainly have an advantage. There you go. Mike Korn, baseball coach at Columbia state Community College here in Murray County. Coach, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for all you do. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get the rundown on the other side, and we'll talk about, uh, well. Auburn's we'll bad base running? Everything that Auburn has done in this inning. Very bad. We'll talk about it. Smoothie Maw. And <laughs> more Omaha after this on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Ball and Joint. 